Welcome to Oops All Monsters, the deadly unserious show about creatures, cryptids, and curiosities curated by two weirdos from wild and wonderful West Virginia. That weirdo with me, when he's not eating the livers of pregnant women with his six-foot-long tongue, is Gavin. That's, I was going to do something like that. And this this weirdo with me who's exsanguinating babies <laughs> is Hess. Bone suck babies. I can't dwell on that because I have to say that... We have a third person with us uh, when she is not sl uh, slashing self-defense dummies with a scary Filipino knife is our very special guest and friend of the show. Hi, Hess. Thanks Claire, for having me. how are you doing? <laughs> Hi, I'm, I'm doing great. Thanks, Hess and Gavin, for having me. It's good to be here. How, uh, it is uh, exasperatingly hot uh, today in Morgantown, uh, where all three of us are from. How fucking hot is it in Los Angeles where you are today, which is sometimes a very hot place? You know, it's pretty balmy, actually, probably not past 80. Um, yeah. Which is ironic. Frequently, when it's really rough here, it's totally mild in LA. People mm -hmm. are like, I, I mean, I don't, I, the thing I don't like about living in Southern California heat wise is like it's monotonous. Mm -hmm. It's like you'll get, you'll get 30 days of 87 in a row. And right. I'm like, it's just, fascism at, but for the planet but really i need variability i realize that variability makes me feel not totally like insane right so you can yeah we haven't had rain days are passing you know we haven't had oh yeah you'll <laughs> oh yeah you'll never have rain yeah i miss it yeah it's fantastic it's good for dodgers games bad for literally everything else um okay so we, we had claire we have you on because we are starting a series of episodes where we are going to bring in people that have a better angle in some way on a specific monster that will elucidate us in a way that is necessary to understand that monster. So today, usually Gavin and I do something where we introduce the monster. We're gonna start First, where Gavin's going to throw us, or I'm going to do a vocabulary word. We're going to talk about a random, bizarre vocabulary word. And then we're going to introduce what today's monster is. Um, the hint, the monster is going to be Filipino in origin, uh, which is one of the reasons that we brought Claire on, because we basically didn't want to have two 40-year-old white guys <laughs> talking about a thing from a totally separate culture. We wanted somebody to be the inflatable rails on the bowling alley <laughs> to try to keep the ball somewhere in a consumable range for it to make sense because i you know the the monster we're going to talk about is really 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 fascinating and it's i think easy to get off of what is quote unquote relevant and not relevant about it's hefty it. so it's hefty and, and there's a lot of there's a lot of big stuff it's juicy. Yeah. Oh man, is yeah. There's a lot. It's I'm I'm really excited to talk about it. But at, right now, let's take a second into. Villain's vocabulary. What I brought today is Sonder. Sonder is spelled S-O-N-D-E-R. Is our vocabulary Sonder. word. It means it's a noun that means. The realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own. Um, and then it just goes on from there. <laughs> but basically, the bizarre existential reality that everyone encompasses multitudes inside of themselves, their own ambitions, friends, routines, worries, uh, and inherited craziness. 
uh, is Sonder. S-O-N-D-E-R. Everyone has you a story. You don't really have to worry about that. <laughs> no? <laughs> no, I, I, I find that I a lot it. of people aren't necessarily thinking of the same things that I'm thinking of. <laughs> uh, well, I think there's a kind of a, I don't know, Claire, what do you think? I think there's a dangerous, There's it's dangerous to be on either end of the continuum of either trying to internalize everyone as having a profound reality and then you can become overwhelmed with being a hyper empath and you'll just implode. And then alternatively, the opposite of that is that you see people as like cardboard cutouts mm -hmm. and, you know, become a school shooter. It seems like somewhere I just, like I just wouldn't wish my reality on anybody. <laughs> I'm not <that> <laughs> I, I, I relate to that. Um, <laughs> I think, I, you know, to our earlier discussion about driving in Los Angeles. So I've been driving a year, right, in L.A. And I only recently started driving on the freeway. I know, right? Yeah. Um, Stay I just off to the do 110. I uh, yeah, I know. It's that exit. It's so crazy. Um, but I've come to the conclusion that pretty much everyone on the freeway is an op. Like, they all... Hate me. <laughs> they all, they don't give a shit. You know what I mean? They would sooner crash into you than let you in. Um, so when you're inside of a car like that, you, you don't, I don't know, you don't know the humanity of the person. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But there's <laughs> like, there is inherent kind of, um, there's a, there's a natural border between you. It's why people are so dangerous on the road is because you don't, you're yeah. not able to like empathize, you know, it's kind of like somebody else is in a, it's like driving around a house and you're like, you're vaguely aware that yeah, somebody's in their the car house, is their like, castle. They're, yeah. They're doing their own thing, which makes it um, so dangerous. It's, it's amazing that we I'm all Lord of this mobile manner. <laughs> on, the, on the five freeway every day. Right. Um, but yeah, no, if you ever want to talk about driving on the interstate in or the interstate. See, I've been back in West Virginia. Mm -hmm. On the freeway in LA sometime. I have a million things. For sure. We won't bore your listening public with this, but uh, no, I'm happy gonna to, to. I'm going to have to cut all. Okay. I'm going to have to cut Go all. Go for it. Out. It's terrible. No worries. All right. So now that we've left villainous vocabulary, imagine if you will, it is... Uh, 1795, and you are on, uh, you are living in a village outside of Manila, Gavin, <laughs> and you, okay. you are, um, as you always are, a six months pregnant woman who sleeps on the, uh, upper level of a reasonably modest home, but you have no, uh, you know, this is way, way pre-air conditioning. So the only way that you have to not boil over is to leave the um, mosquito festooned window open and hope that the fan that you employed earlier works. When suddenly a bizarre tubular-like shape slithers snake-like into the corner of the window and wraps itself around the foot of the bed in which you are lying. Uh, Gavin, what monster are we talking about today? Well, is it the Aswang? That's number one. Well, we are talking about um, two categories. We're talking about the broader category, the rectangle in this case, is the, and Claire, help me out, I am hearing Aswang. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Aswang. Yeah. That's number one. Aswang. Yeah. 
a swang. So your yeah, your accent is on the, the yeah on the wang. The second syllable, yeah, right? The wang. Yeah. <laughs> and that's number wang. That's number wang. Yeah, and it's a uh, it's like an ah uh, it's not an a really on the back end. It's an ah. Uh, so sound, the right? interesting thing about uh, Tagalog and most of the Filipino languages, Tagalog being the one of the region that we're discussing, Manila, um, mm. there's a lot, a lot, a lot of dialect and a lot of languages um, in that country and uh, in that country. But there are a lot of dialects and languages there. And the thing about Tagalog is that it's really phonetic. So pretty much everything is pronounced how it looks. Okay. Well, that's great for dumbass white English people, <laughs> but, uh, because it, it, I noticed that it's not like um, Portuguese mm. or like Welsh, where the word does totally not <laughs> translate from Dude, the yeah. word that I'm looking at. Well, you know what I mean? Welsh. When I look at, when I look at when I look at Filipino words, well, yeah, they kind of come out like I can do I can make a strike at them. Yeah. And usually come out within like 90 percent. Yeah, for sure. You I just mean, did. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I well, I I read a I watched a couple of videos. <laughs> well, but, Welsh looks like um, dragon to me, so. Yeah, it's a Welsh is fucking bananas. Um, so aswang, but with so aswang is a broader category, and I've been trying to categorize the category. Mm. I it in a it's Man a an angle. It, to me it's almost like aswang is is kind of like either like fairy or zombie within the context of like u.s lore in the sense mm. that it contains a series of like five or six different subcategories that are similar but definitely distinct mm -hmm. does that make sense so right? uh yes yes i <laughs> i want to say it's more on the evil end of the spectrum Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, put yeah, it yeah, way yeah. more into demons yeah than I, yeah i just yeah. i just meant like structurally um, it's a category. It's mm. a category that has maybe six or seven sub, yeah, sub that's, entities. Yeah, in it. that sounds right. That's the mm -hmm. only only way yeah, that I meant. There's, but, there's yeah, there's a um, lot of it. Yeah, and and the and a swang as the larger category from you know I, I recommend also anybody checking in Monstrum. They have a mm. series of YouTube videos yes. that are very instructional. If something has a Monstrum video, check it out. And they've done, in my opinion, is from what I can tell. Pretty good with uh, the Aswang mm -hmm. and our specific category today, the Mononongle. Mm -hmm. How am I doing with that? That was great. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Good? Yeah. Mononongle. Yeah. Okay. The Mononongle. Um, that's the thing that I that I uh, read up on because that's the most fascinating mm -hmm. to me. Because the it's thing that splits in half. Bananas. <laughs> yes. It's insane. It's nuts. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty badass. Okay. So so I don't know who wants to like crack open the cork on the, mono, the Mononongle specifically. But before we get too far past it, the Aswang are kind of like a category of vampires, demons, witches, and abominations. They're, they're all Bone evil. Bonesuck babies. Yeah, they're all evil. Um, they tend to suck life force or bodily fluids. They tend to... and tell me how far off I am with this, Claire. They tend to be women in most categories within Aswang. Um, there, there seems, to, uh, we'll get into that more later, but there seems to be a lot of gender business happening in both the broader category and the specific category mm. of the Mononongle. Um, but it's definitely an evil monster category. Mm -hmm. And they tend to be things that are like coming for you in the night. 
maybe eating your baby, maybe sucking out your intestines through a tube. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a really nasty category as the, the aswang generally. Right. Um, which contains various versions, and maybe we'll come back to some other versions of that today, or on another, you know, on another episode, rather. But um, regarding the Mononongal, so I, I will introduce <laughs> that what it specifically means, what it translates um, out of uh, Tagalog, yeah. and uh, help me if I get this messed up, but it, self-segmenter is kind of how it literally translates. Like separator. Yeah, and what that refers to is that the Mononongal is a lady that, acts like a regular lady mm -hmm. in, you know, can, could just be, you know, in the world, living a life, having a family, but then at night sneaks out into like a banana swamp or something and then divides in half at the torso, the top half, their arms turn into like bat wings mm -hmm. and they go out doing crazy mischief. Mm -hmm. And then the bottom half just like chills in a boat or like under some roots and tries to not get found. And then mm -hmm. the top half is like the part that we're worried <laughs> about within the context of everything that we're going to describe in this episode. Right. How was there anything that you would like correct me on there, Claire, or was that kind of like where you were That was about was? it. I mean, you, you could mention she has her entrails just hanging out all over the place like it's yeah. Yeah, there's so much I just it's, tried to get the it's I not like a the broad thing it's not a neat magician cuts the girl in the box no, 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 kind no. of cut. yeah no yeah it's a it's a yeah. it's no, a flying yeah. top half of a person mm -hmm. guts just strewn out at the back end yeah with huge bat wings yep. that comes up to your house but doesn't come in your house probably instead tongue. per the lore mm. Um, extends like a many, many, many foot long tubular tongue mm -hmm. that like goes in your window or through like a gap in your roof because you probably got like a thatched roof or something and then like goes into your nose or your ear or your mouth or your whatever and then like pulls out your unborn baby or your liver or the phlegm in your sinus cavity or some like just whatever mm -hmm. like whatever is whatever is clever that day that it can snatch out of you or off of you and then that fla flaps back to the swamp reattaches to the lower half and then goes back the next day and you know like goes to the disco and works the library or mm -hmm. whatever the fuck yeah um yeah she um that is a lot the legs it's important that they're hidden because if they're found that's how you can destroy her because she yeah. can't she can't yeah. like read yeah, you sprinkle herself. salt on the top half of yeah. the yeah, legs yeah. yeah it seems and Gar salt and actually garlic, garlic. Based... yeah yeah <laughs> not yeah, unlike I, our yeah. vampires <laughs> Yeah, what I heard is basically almost anything from your spice rack, it seemed like, could go onto the yes. lower half of the Mononongal and render it um, useless. And I, to, to yeah. my understanding... Ways to detect... Go ahead, Gavin. Ways to detect and uh, ward off a, Monon a Mononongal is to boil almost anything. Like, there was a list of stuff that you could boil, and it's mm. like everything. Huh. Like um, salt, garlic... There's a root mm. that um, has kind of like a... Where if you eat one, you'll get sick. If you eat two, you'll uh, die. From the version that I heard, that the the business of spicing the lower torso mm -hmm. was that if you, if you hit it with garlic or oil or salt or spices or whatever, 
that the upper half would not be able to reattach. Mm-hmm. It would find it, but then yeah. it would be like, oh no, the bottom half is too spicy. And then <laughs> if they were still um, disconnected when morning came, it would die. It kind of mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of has a nos- root. Oh, okay. Nosferatu moment in the morning. Mm-hmm. Cassava root. Okay, cool. Yeah. I yeah. Do, is there any? Does anybody know what the hell cassava root is? That it might have a specific symbology as to why it would be helpful. So it doesn't matter. It's a carb. Well, if you eat it raw, it creates cyanide in your stomach. (laughs) Which is crazy because it's also used a lot of the time for like a a corn substitute in like, you know, like organic. If you want like a corn-free taco shell, like or, you know, hippie chips or something. It's it's a. Yeah. Okay. Huh. But I did not know that about the cyanide. Um, That's fascinating. I, I have a theory. I have a theory about this. Um, We're, I'm into theories. Okay. Throw out your th- this, is just, this just popped into my head. So um, Filipino food is not terribly spicy. Um, although we have, okay. we share DNA with Malaysians and South Asians. You know, there was just so much colonization and so much travel. You know, uh, like the Polynesians passed through. The Chinese obviously passed through. Um the Spanish, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's just a melting pot, but we never really cottoned to spicy food. So it's not going to be like India or Thailand where yeah, there's a lot yeah, of spicy yeah, yeah. food. So maybe there's something to that. Maybe we just don't yeah. like it. Maybe she doesn't <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gavin and I talked mm, somewhat extensively about what, Gavin, what, what, why did it come up on an episode where we were talking about Jollibee? Mm. Um, jo- Jollibees. Um, <laughs> because Blanca, um, the Blanca episode that I'm doing from Blanca mm. from Street Fighter, the guy who is in charge of Blanca right now carries around a little toy of Blanca came that came from, from it was a like Jollibee's a Jollibee. Happy Meal. I love yeah. it. Like special promotional Blanca. <laughs> yeah. Go figure. That's amazing. Um, and again, I will mention for anybody that does not know, Jollibee is a very regional Filipino-based fast food restaurant that is mostly in Los Angeles, to my awareness. And <laughs> it has there's very few of them, and they have a very particular version of a sub subcategory, I'm gonna guess, of like Filipino food that can be sold as fast food, which is like a cheeseburger, some fries, and some spaghetti with meatballs. Mm, no, which so is a thing. <laughs> it's not meatballs, can, baby. I mean, okay. <laughs> can I explain well, it to you? Because it's yes. absolutely. I, I, I feel very it. passionately about it. I think to a, a Western palate, maybe it wouldn't appeal, but perhaps to a, an Appalachian palate, it would. It it kind of has okay. some things in common. Dolly Parton makes a weird spaghetti casserole. It's not unlike that. Um, okay. But it is spaghetti. It's got a very sweet sauce, which a lot of Italian Americans do oh. too, and then okay. chopped up little hot dogs and yellow cheese. Wow. So, and you wow. eat that with fried. You <laughs> eat it with fried chicken, and it is the bomb. Wow. <laughs> so I I did my best to stumble through my understanding of why Jollibee is the combination of things that it is, mm-hmm. and. The, the best way that I could come around it is the best way that I could come around to explaining it is the Philippines to a great extent, not entirely, but it seems to be defined in various cycles by having been colonized by 
everybody. Exactly. I mean, like every everybody gets a turn at holding the Philippine Islands as claimed territory. So whenever those people come in, they're like, "We're not eating hot dogs on spaghetti anymore. We're now we're eating fried chicken." I'm like, "Okay, now we're eating fried chicken." Mm-hmm. And then the people that are actually from there are left with the burden of deciding what elements of this get like shuffled into the deck of their like long-term cuisine. Mm-hmm. Does that general macro notion make sense? Or am, am I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it hyper-reductive? Uh, a little, but <laughs> yes, no, for sure. I mean, no, if you want to reduce it even more. show is hyper-reductive. <laughs> we got to just, you know, get through ideas. If so you, if you want to reduce it even more, you could say that we were colonized by the Spaniards for 500 years and the Americans for 50. Um, okay. And the influence just was so strong. And I mean, there were so many fascinating indigenous, uh, you know, beliefs and systems, et cetera, in place. And we, the Filipinos really, I don't know, they really got into the Catholicism thing. So they really Uh rode with that. And, And they're the only Asian country that's really Catholic. Aside from about ten huh, percent. Yeah, point. Yeah, so so I think it does. It, it brings up a lot of different cultural sort of vibes within the country. Like there, yeah. we have a very low yeah. suicide rate, and there's a very high happy family rate. You know, despite lots of poverty and socioeconomic discord. You know, um, yeah. but so the, so that was the thing that they really liked, <laughs> but. Um, there's it, the country's 10% Muslim in the south, in the southern region, um, and that's where you'll have your like Abu Sayyaf. You know that you'll hear about them in the news sometimes. But obviously, not every Muslim person in the Philippines is is a terrorist. Um, yeah, for sure. But the American thing, you know, that was about 50 years from from about I think it was 1898. Uh, the Philippines had like a brief little moment of independence from Spain, and then the Americans were like, "Just okay. kidding, you're ours." <laughs> um, and yeah, so a lot yeah. of the, you know, a lot of the cultural <laughs> we'll do that. things that came back and forth, like, you know, especially during wartime, like, like the jeepneys, I don't know if you've seen these like brightly colored, it's basically like a public uh, transportation. It's just a giant, it's like a very long army jeep and they cover them in all these yeah, like little yeah, toy yeah. horses and, and they are all yeah. like custom painted, you know, they look like low riders all tricked out and stuff. Um, but those were just American army jeeps that got left there. Um, and then I actually... I told this story on my dormant podcast uh, about Filipino American culture, um, but this one's interesting because you know, being a West Virginian, um, there's a lot of crossover with this one. So uh, the American soldier. So the word, the word in the Philippines for the mountains or the the forest mm-hmm. is bundok, which the American soldiers took back home <laughs> and made the boondocks. So yeah. that's where that came from. Huh. So, I mean, I went from the boondock to the boondocks, basically. Yeah. That's amazing. One of the, I mean, something. That's awesome. Right? Yeah. Some, one of the under, that's, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. One of the things that I think maybe subconsciously both Gavin and I had in the back of our mind when we were structuring the show, which, which we um, intentionally introduced to some degree with um, villainous vocabulary, but which keeps coming up in this show is that monsters are culture and culture is language. Mm. 
And that the words that we end up using for these things are as important for anything else. You know, like we end up debating to a certain extent, what is a monster? Because we also have to understand what the parameters mm. of the show are. Mm-hmm. Something like the Mononongle and the Aswang is, <laughs> is pretty fucking easy to say. Mm. It's definitely a monster. Mm-hmm. You know, it's evil, it kills well, people, it's right. inhuman, it's spiritual, well, you know. I'd like to touch on um, what you kind of briefly brought up, the gender stuff. Please. So one of the things, first of all, I think the Aswang are pretty much half and half male, female, but also, the gender yeah. binary is a colonial concept. And in the original times, much like in the two spirits of the indigenous people here in the United States, uh, there were like like priestess, priest type people and warrior people who were gender fluid or non-binary. You know, there were uh, the uh, Babylon who were, now I'm like, did I say that right? They were, they were like these, these priestess types. Yeah. And a lot of them were males who dressed in feminine clothing or trans women or et cetera. Um, so, so as far as like the Aswang, they're, you know, they're kind of spread out over the genders. But uh, the female characters, both goddesses, as well as, you know, the, the demons or the evil forces, usually are acting from a place of being like jilted so the Aswang, the reason she preys on unborn babies, or oftentimes like the bridegroom of a wedding, is because she was jilted. So that uh, that gives me a bit of empathy for her because yeah. I've been there. But um, <laughs> basically, like yeah, she she either like lost her own baby or she was left at the altar. I think that's that's the main story was that she was left at the altar. So she's like, "Fuck you, bitch! I'm I'm eating your man." Um, so and then yeah, yeah, like there's a, there's another legend about a. You know, there's a goddess, Maria McKeeling, um, who is a benevolent goddess, but much like sort of your Greek goddess, uh, Hera, right? Um, that's a Greek one, right? Not the Roman one. Yeah. Uh, Zeus's jealous wife. It's kind of the same yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Like she was, you know, she, she's being bad because men started this shit because a man left mm-hmm. her or something yeah. happened. And so that's why she's yeah. bitter. You know, it's not just yeah. like for sport. Like it's really for revenge. Yeah. So, unfor- unfortunately, really old female gods basically would have no screen time without jealousy as like mm-hmm. a move. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, but the men but, drove us to no, it. I, yeah, no, no, I get it. I no, like it's it's just you know it's obvious who was writing these scrolls mm-hmm. uh, to a certain extent. I guess is what I mean to say. Um, the, a lot of those points were really um, are really fascinating because. I like the Aswang. The Aswang category does seem like extremely diverse. That's number one. The Mononongal category obviously seems to be specifically like a uh, a female binary character. That, that one fits is yeah. Into a, a set of certain stories, right? And that have to do with um, like as you bring up like jealousy and um, kind of marital frustration. Uh, let me let me propose this this uh, this theory that's not mine. I'm gonna pour. I'm gonna steal this one from the Monstrum people, mm. because and they even put this out there as a theory. They said that um, that this was conjecture conjecture honestly. So it's really truly an idea, but that like you referred to in a factual way, that the indigenous people had a much more and this is frequently the case with colonization diverse 
gender sense before the goddamn Catholics showed up with their horses and guns. Mm -hmm. And the Catholics said, there's two genders, they fuck to make babies, and that's the story, or we'll kill you. Mm -hmm. And so everybody that was a witch doctor or a shaman or, like, uh, a, a two-spirit gender or somebody that had a, spe uh, you know, a special, you know, shamanic role that fit outside of the standard, like, nuclear family, um, have sex to make babies binary paradigm was um, demonized into being a witch mm -hmm. or being a vampire or being some kind of other, and that to a certain extent, not to make it a one-to-one, -one, but that perhaps some of these Aswang were either prolifer proliferated or invented mm -hmm. to demonize the characters that previously had had sexual, political, and religious power that had to be disenfranchised in order for the Catholic mm -hmm. hegemony to totally win the long-term game. Absolutely. I just said a whole lot of shit. No, that, Is that <laughs> that's absolutely, that, that resonates for me. Absolutely. Um, the shamans and spiritual advisor people definitely went underground. You know, they had to. Um, and yeah, for sure. most of the, the non-binary or trans people who were practicing that moved away from it. I think you nailed it, <laughs> honestly. I think that that is it. Um, so many of the beliefs and practices had to go underground because the Spaniards will just straight up kill you for it. You know, they wanted to bury all yeah, of that. They I wanted mean, to beat, just like here, they wanted to beat the, you know, the savage out of you. And, you know, I mean, that's what colonialism is. So absolutely, that's, yeah, that's we, what it is. We, yeah. Uh, to, qu to quote uh, an indie rock band, we will decide what will and will not be. Mm -hmm. uh, and we will, do, we, will do so, we will do so with our flintlock yeah. pistols and funny metal hats. I mean, they right? fought them. You know, uh, I don't know if you know about Lapu Lapu, but uh, when... I, <laughs> I, super, I super don't. I, su I super do not know about the, the history of colonization right. of... Of, um, that, I think island. that could so, be honestly, for another. That really, could be for do, another time. But yeah, we might. Yeah, that's probably its own. But podcast yeah, I mean, they name. they fought back. You know, the original peoples they fought back. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. They killed well, Magellan. Good. That too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's who Lapu Lapu is. Yeah, yeah he's the, the Magellan Slayer. I was gonna say yeah. actually when you were talking about that yeah. has um, is that she literally separates from the waist up. So her pelvis. Yes. So she's like Lady Macbeth, you know, what, unsex me here, come spirits that tend on mortal thoughts, unsex me here. She's asking yeah. to be like relieved of her femininity so she can go do an evil mm -hmm. thing, which is what Lady Macbeth is asking yeah. for. I can't believe I just busted yeah. that out, but uh, theater kid. Um, but yeah, so she's, she's basically like bisecting <laughs> herself so that she doesn't have her female organs anymore and she can go off and you know, yeah, do murders. I mean, it, it, I, yeah, I really, I really like that point. And then Gavin, after I say this, I'm curious what you're going to have to say about it. But like the, uh, the thought that I have is, and they brought this up on um, Monstrum as well, which is, it, see, it seems as if in an era where these mm, histories or myths are being codified, that creating a monster that like does literally leave its sexuality behind while it goes and does its misdeeds so both somehow it, it kind of like it 
totally removes the sexual aspect from the monster in a way that relieves you of that anxiety in one way mm. that kind of like gives you a it actually kind of gives you some some leash some rope to talk about it because you know it's not secretly banging the people in the house <laughs> while it's eating their like livers or brains or whatever what right? that tongue do <laughs> <laughs> But also, it's a it's like a, a complete sexual assault. Mm. It, you know, I mean, it's certainly a Cronenbergian mm. bodily assault mm -hmm. that is it is grotesque and nightmarish in a totally different way, and it's kind of superseding our traditional sense of like. I mean, we're we're almost porting over a kind of, um, I don't know, like a new rape me mechanism for a female character. Does that make sense? Because you, there's so much emphasis on this, like, like super long phallic-like tube tongue thing. That's number one. Mm -hmm. That is like going into your orifices yeah. and stealing stuff. It has a very like xenomorph, Ripley and alien being like sexually abused by the monster in a state of vulnerability, mm. wet, like mm -hmm. aspect to it. That does make it like truly terrifying. And um, and and in, in a way that makes the gender of it complex, mm. complex rather. Mm. Sorry, Gavin. Yeah, that combined with the fact that it left its sexuality behind, so that couldn't possibly be mm. its motivation, making its like motivations alien to you. Mm. Yeah, I mean, right, would be like even in, more terrifying it, to like say a Spanish monk trying <laughs> to wrap his head around. Yeah, it. yeah, it's I, I'm <laughs> in a way what I become curious about is who is the intended audience mm. for the myth. Mm -hmm. Is the is is the author of Good the question. myth the like indigenous folklore trying to scare the Catholics, or are they trying to appease? I got know, trying an answer to, to that. The Tell us, Gavin. To, uh, totally other vector, Gavin. Please through examining um, the Azwang and all of its. It's hefty. There's a lot of stuff to it. I believe um, it. The 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 biggest part about it though is that in the Philippines. You can bring up the Azwang and people will acknowledge it as factual while still saying, well, I don't believe in monsters, but, you know, the mm -hmm. Azwang do, do exist. Like, it's completely separate. It's mm -hmm. not, it's mm -hmm. not a, it's a folklore more than it is a monster. It's not like Bigfoot. It's not like um, Mothman or anything like that. It's like um, uh, just a type of music. It, it exists and it's factual uh, in the Philippines. They have all kinds of reasons to bring up the monsters. Most of it is to tell children what to do. But that, whenever grown-ups use it, of course, is translated into, like, psychological mm. warfare. Um, and almost every war that was in the Philippines, either one or the other side used mm -hmm. the Aswang as, like, a, a ghost story to scare mm. soldiers off from somewhere. Like, every conflict right. in the Philippines did that. Um... There was a, an instance where, uh, to scare off the Japanese, somebody hung bodies mm -hmm. upside down and punctured their necks and told the Japanese that there were vampires in the woods. Yeah, and I it heard worked. of that one, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I read that one, yeah. too. It was the Hux, which I guess is the was the, like, sort of the Filipino communists. They were, like, sympathizers with the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, so they, yeah. they used, I guess yeah. the Filipino army used those folks. Um, yeah, no, I read that one too. 
Have you guys seen uh, Chese on Netflix? It's based on a comic book. Oh no, I I know what it is, but I have not. I've I yeah, I ran into it. Um, it's based yeah, it's based off of a is the original graphic novel yes. Filipino. Yes, it is. Or? Yeah. Okay. Cool. And it. Um, no, I haven't seen. I haven't. Well, seen it. full disclosure, I just started watching it on my lunch break so I could talk about it because okay. I thought maybe I would get some insight. Oh. And I did in fact get some okay. insight. So. Um, Okay. I have not encountered the Mananangal yet in this series. I think she just kind of is in the background in one episode, but uh, the series, it's, it's really good so far. And um, what you're gonna see, and I think this is kind of to your point, they, so the Philippines government is very corrupt. I don't know if you're following the recent elections, but they just elected I... Marcos's son. <laughs> um, yeah. And their last president was basically the Trump of the Philippines. So yeah, there's a real like corrupt. very very short cycle of like, um, you know, like uh, the king is dead, long live the king cycle that they have there. Kind of like here. I mean, yeah. It seems like a small enough. Yeah, it seems like a small enough country where there's yeah. only like maybe mm -hmm. five possible people that might be in charge. And right. Yeah, there yeah, have been yeah, a lot of all, the they, same they last name over the generations. Drawers. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, they, you've, you've heard the same last name a couple of times repeated uh, alternatingly um, as president. But so in the in the series, it's kind of an like the basically the Aswang are are sort of working with the politicians, like the corrupt politicians. So yeah. it's I don't know, it's a, it's a good analogy for the corruption there and um, sort of evil that occurs within uh, the government there. But it's yeah, a good show. It, you should I check mean, it out. It, it does explain a lot of these yeah. things. I really would like to check it out. I, I think it would be interesting if, you know, we came back in, you know, maybe a year and had like a, you know, uh, like Oswong 2.0 episode. Because in addition, to, in addition to that show, there is a piece of media that I have not had the, I have not had the time to investigate called, in English, it's The Woman in Unit 23B. But in the indigenous language, the, the cover of it um, is Ang Manganongal Sa Unit 23B. Mm -hmm. Basically, the, the Manganongal in, in, in apartment 23B. <laughs> the big um, B. It's a, it's a 20s. Yeah, it, it, it's like not. I mean, what's weird is she is a brunette with like a tight black dress mm -hmm. and bangs. Whoa. So you're like, is this inspired by something? Maybe. But uh, it's a 2006 movie. I'm sorry, 2016 movie. It looks like it was made fairly cheap, but it looks like everybody in it is probably Filipino. It's probably made in the country. I, you know, it stars Jenna Lee, uh, I'm going to say mm. Shuan Su and Prime Cruz. Okay. I'm sorry, no. Or the writers are Jenna Lee, Shuan Su mm -hmm. and Prime Cruz, who is also the director. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to say, I don't know anything about him. I'm not going to endorse him as a candidate for vice president, but the name Prime Cruz Pretty badass. is a very strong <laughs> director name. Um, I have no idea if this movie is total trash on IMDb. It has a 6.1 okay. approval rating. Yeah. So maybe we'll all do a weird, like, um, Let's watch Filipino it. monster movie, like, uh, a, you know, marathon sometime and come back and say what, wh whether we, what we think about that, putting it in context. But, you know, that's an extra credit for another time. Yeah, um, Amazon it, Prime it, actually it's, has it's, a bunch of deep cuts. Like, I saw one called Mananangal in Manila from, like, maybe mid, yeah but it felt like 88 yeah. you saw it or did you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no i, I yeah. didn't 
I yeah, saw that. Yeah, I saw that. that I, I, did, I, I, did not, I did not watch. <laughs> yeah, it. It's nostalgic. I have to admit that my prejudice was such that I just didn't think that there was going to be media on this topic, mm-hmm. and then there is. It's just a very, mm-hmm. t- it's just a very tight <laughs> little lane of media. I, some of which has been made within the last, you know, seven. I years. want you to set aside your prejudice and watch a good Filipino movie. Um, <laughs> there's one. No, it has I'm, nothing. No, I'm going to re- recommend you a movie. It has nothing oh, to do okay. with the supernatural, but it's called. Yeah. Okay. Cool, General cool, cool. Luna. And it's general with an H, so it's like General Luna. Yeah, so he yeah. was he was one of the dudes fighting in, um, you know, in in the revolution in the 1890s. So watch that one and see like a really good example of Filipino filmmaking, and know that it is not all the 1998 slash 1997 awesome. campy awesome. flick Mananago and Manila because no, that one that's is fan- no, that's fantastic. Cringy. That's one of the many, many reasons we invited you on, Claire, because there's no way in hell I would have found that on Yeah, it's own, on so Netflix, yeah. I think, still. It's uh, really good. Yeah, I totally will. Awesome. All right, so what could, what do we want to talk about to round out um, the Mononongle? Like, I have another theory. This is real. At, at, okay, hit us. <laughs> okay. Hit us as hard as you can with this. Here theory. is the one that just popped up for me. So you may recall on the internet recently a giant flying fox bat was going viral. There was a photo. <laughs> you remember, Gavin? There was a photo. Yeah, there was a photo of a bat, yeah. sta- like hanging. I think it was dead, hanging upside down next to a man, and the bat was like, yeah, four foot eleven or something. It was big as fuck. So holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Okay. Go- Google it. Yeah. Yeah, the the flying fox bat is one of the one of the things that came up in my research right. that could explain the Eswang. Like the flying fox bat, beetle noises, religious propaganda. Um, there's a terrible genetic disease mm. called XDP that seems to be localized in the Philippines that makes people kind of like twitch and move around like uh, zombies, and it's only just now been like discovered recently. Um, misunderstanding of psychological disorders and ultimately blaming somebody for all mm-hmm. the bad shit, like the, weird, <laughs> mm-hmm. the village yeah. weirdo. Uh, but yeah, the giant yeah. flying fox bat. That's what it looks is, like. Um, yeah, no, no, no worries. Player. No, thank Sorry, you, thank you for that. Now I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. get down a K hole and, and horrify myself <laughs> with this disease um, that I've never heard of. Uh, sounds. But, but what that'll, was be, that'll be my evening. Player. Okay. Well, it basically just I was thinking about how our Mothman was often confused for the crane. What's the name of it? The the one with the crane with the red eyes. Sand it's a sand, yeah. sand it's a hill crane. Sand hill crane. It's not yeah, it's not indigenous to West okay. Virginia, but it it they have made the point that through its very complex migrations mm-hmm. that you could run into a sand hill crane in West Virginia. Got it. Um, we don't have them oh, around. And here, there but were it's like possible. three uh, abandoned bird sanctuaries. Ooh. There you go. There's yeah, so many okay. good abandoned things. Yeah, there were like three abandoned bird sanctuaries. In West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Huh. We, well, I mean, yeah, I will say I'm so going to take the counter uh, factual to the position that Gavin usually has. And in this episode, declare that Mothman mm-hmm. is absolutely, unmitigatedly, definitely mm-hmm. real. Um, so just by the yeah. way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Unlike yeah. everything That's, else that we talk about I'm just on explaining. Show, um, Mothman is definitely real. I'm just explaining that Richard Gere movie. <laughs> I still, I, re, I refuse to, I refuse. I will not, I have not watched it. Will not, I will not watch it. Maybe as like a Patreon feature for the show, I will watch that like abomination of a movie. You will lower yourself to that Richard for Gere the money of your subscribers. Is, 
He's too delicate of a himbo to be trudging around in Point Pleasant mm -hmm. with his fucking loafers and his trench coat <laughs> and his goddamn pleated pants. Get him this out! This American gigolo. <laughs> yeah, can you see Richard Gere wearing fucking boots <laughs> and tromping around the TNT area and looking for the men in black? No, it's because it's bullshit and didn't happen. Too handsome. Get him out of here. Canceled. I can't, I can't, I cannot do it with Richard Gere in my Mothman story. It's just the wrong combination of things. I, put, I have to put my foot down somewhere. Appreciate it. Um, I, had an, I had an important thought here. Oh, this is totally a tangent, but I'm going to try to make it really short. Claire, have you ever heard of um, either Root of Evil, which, so Root of Evil is a podcast that is based yes, off of Yes, 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 yes. I know exactly what you're going to tell me. It's about, about the killer of the, the Black Dahlia George and how he moved to yeah. the Philippines and he yeah. possibly did the Chop Chop Lady murder. Is that what you were going to tell yes. me? So, yeah, that is exactly awesome. what I was going to say. So there was, there's a, there's a, <laughs> fa factually, there is a guy named George Hodel who was um, looked at by the LAPD for a series of murders in a bunch of areas, primarily in Los Angeles in the 1950s and 60s. At which point Hess's connection to the call drops, and Gavin and Claire continue discussing more interesting issues without him for a few moments. Like, there's big pig aswongs, there's big awesome. dog aswongs, there's, um, like, mm -hmm. crying baby aswongs. Yeah, the baby yeah. one is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> just baby, baby monster anything yeah. is just like, oh god, <laughs> you know, like... That's why that's why I kept calling it a bone suck baby, which is um, oh yeah, funny. That comes from my aunt who was crazy, and my aunt used to tell ghost <laughs> wow. stories that she made up wow. to us as when we were kids. And one of the one of the ghosts was called Gunga, who rode in a wheelchair oh and would like attach himself to your car. And Gunga Gunga took care of this feral child called Bone Suck Baby who would wait in gopher holes for cows to come by and he would jump up and suck the bones out of the cows. And like every, every time we went to the drive-in and car Michaels, he would say like, is Gunga I in the back this. of the car? Bone suck babies with this, him. Is this all and written down the somewhere? Because this is yeah. incredible. Like Appalachian folklore. Like, like I, I hope that you've written this down or chronicled this somehow because it's. Oh yeah, absolutely. Gunga uh, and bone suck so baby and the vagabond. The vagabond rides a headless horse <laughs> and um, yeah, travels seventy nine and nineteen. I get off of the chat for thirty. I get off of the off of the channel for thirty seconds, and Gavin is with you all the way down. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm I'm clinging to the mane of the headless horse, and I have I love monsters. a personal mythology, and I love a crazy auntie, and like it's just oh, I'm he I am here for it. And let me know which episode it's like further delved into because I, I want to catch up because <laughs> I know it's in there. Okay, excellent. Well, you're in the right place. Okay, well, um, I don't know. George Hodel. It was uh, so good. Yeah. Rant about George Hodel being George the, Hodel. Yeah, um, keep going. So he was basically, it's almost certain that he did a, a bunch of murders in Los Angeles in the 50s and 60s. And then in order to escape the ramifications of those murders, he was a very successful doctor. So he just fucked off to Manila for like 10 or so years. And the theory is that he did those extremely, extremely high profile killings that were never explained in Manila mm -hmm. in, I think it was the 70s or late 60s. I don't remember, but 
like there were these four or five really really high profile murders of these women that were dismembered and left in sections mm -hmm. in just like you know like alleyways and huh. never even close to solved and then murders stop coincidentally kind of in the vicinity of the time that he goes back to the states um, and does probably a couple more murders that he ha has virtually no ramifications from. So um, check out the podcast Roots of Evil. I got started off of it um, on that whole thing by a book that I thought was like, uh, I looked, it had been laying around, you know, my parents' mm -hmm. house for years. And I was like, what the fuck is this fucking book? And, um, <laughs> but it, it lays out, the whole story lays out this incredible case about how George Hodel, in addition to being this, bizarre kind of like personal cult starting um, mm -hmm. modern like he was friends with Man Ray and the theory is that the Black Dahlia murder was actually and this is going to sound totally off the chain but the, the Black Dahlia murder was his attempt to mm -hmm. outdo the artist Man Ray in Dadaism yeah. by creating <laughs> a piece of quote unquote performance art yeah. that was so profound that Total no one edge would Lord. ever be able to beat it. And if well. that was the case, I think he may <laughs> yeah. have yeah. actually succeeded in a very unfortunate yeah. way. I'd say he but, succeeded, um, yeah. The, like, look into, <laughs> the, the, have, the, yeah. look into Roots of Evil. I mean, the, the story of what George Hodel like, did or did not do and its relevance to whether it did occur, at, whether he was the, the famed killer in Manila during that period of time, is just a section of it, but um, I'm going to warn you, it is very, very violent. There is a lot of talk about incest, and there is yeah. a lot of talk about abuse. Yeah, I, I, I personally so just, uh, devoured um, <laughs> that one. Um, I I loved it. I, I've always been fascinated by the Black <laughs> Dahlia. Um, you know, I don't know, just a, a real tragic and fascinating. It's just one of those unsolved ones that, you know, you always are going to wonder about. And so I, I listened to that podcast uh like followed it very very closely and one of the interesting things about the the surrealism and the dada that you're talking about that someone mentioned in the podcast it's not really a spoiler but that women in the context of surrealism really just functioned as objects and that was really interesting to uh, me yeah right yeah they were Another 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 prop in the mental um, facility of the mm -hmm. um, right. author. I mean, there was a, there's a couple of female surrealists. Their names escape me, of course, because internalized patriarchy. But um, but yeah, that that was <laughs> that was an interesting uh, point from that. I while we're on a <laughs> yeah. podcast talking about podcasts, which is one of my favorite meta activities, um, there is a really good one for, by a Filipino guy in the Philippines called Stories After Dark, and I just looked it up. He did an episode about. Lucila Lalu, who was the first Chop Chop Lady in 1967. Uh, I don't know if he mentions George Hodel in it, but that would be um, that might be an interesting listen. He has a very soothing voice, a mellifluous wow, okay. Filipino accent, and a very kind of spooky tone. Okay. That that always helps. Uh, yeah, I mean the the aspect of um, whether mm -hmm. people sound like you can listen to them for ten hours of mm -hmm. your life. It really does matter. I mean, it's, you know, it's like looking at people on TV. Yeah. You just, some people you <laughs> want to look at, some people you don't. Uh, it's, it, it's just one of, it's one of those things about media is some people are better for it just uh, on a way that you have no control over whatsoever. One of the warning signs of being an as long hey. is being antisocial <laughs> and unhygienic. 
<laughs> so me, me in the middle of the pandemic, basically. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> One way to ward off an Aslong is to keep around a photo of an elderly woman. <laughs> the inverse of that. <laughs> I found a... What? Yeah, I found a lot of like really we, weird. We didn't stuff. have it at my grandma's it's, house. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, another way to ward off an Aswang is to leave a sewing needle in your door, like stuck out of your door, uh, but oh, the eye of the sewing needle has that. to be broken. I love all of the little. We have a lot yeah. of weird little. I mean, it's not weird, yeah. I guess. Like it's not any weirder than anyone else's superstitions, but I, I love that stuff. I mean, all, all yeah, all super all superstitions are just fucking out the door weird that's what i mean oh, the one that makes sense makes the sense, filipino superstition is that you don't put your purse on the floor uh because it's bad for like your finances you're gonna go broke if you put it's you know shit if you put your purse on the floor someone's gonna steal yeah. it yeah that one makes sense oh, right? i understand that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't want to i don't really yeah, put anything on the floor because i don't like bending over <laughs> <laughs> all right well I, we covered I, it i think we've i think we've um i think we've gotten our mononongal uh vibes uh thoroughly out or in i don't know where vibes go well i've got the the another fun um interesting fact that i want to wedge in there with all of these photos okay. of old women's and broken needles is um a way that an Aswang will create another Aswang is to take the uh, black chick that lives in its mouth and mm. put it into the mouth of a sleeping victim and um, a way yeah, to I, I uh, banish a, an Aswang. <laughs> yeah, well, like a, a chicken God. that is a baby. Yeah. yeah, like a baby, a black baby chicken gets yeah, a black baby like chicken. Like a person. <laughs> yeah. Lady yeah. causing them to be an Aswang. Yeah, in a yeah. way to banish um, banish the Aswang is to tie it to a chair, hang it upside down, mm. and spin it until the mm. uh, black baby chick flies out of its mouth. Mm -hmm. I'm so waiting for go. the new Filipino punk rock band, Filipino punk rock band, Black Baby, <laughs> that, uh, you know, seems it's the riot girl as fuck. Um all right, well, let's drag ourselves segments. to the last segments of the show that we do. What do we do next? Oh, we have to, yeah, we have two brief segments. Claire, you're um, still involved in these, cool. so don't feel like you're put on the, the sideline. Um, Gavin and Claire, we have to ask ourselves, is the Mononongal category of the Aswang monster? Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it bitchin' van art? Bitchin', no. like, painted on the side of a van? Is that what you mean? Yeah, we uh, we have yeah. a binary rating for all of our monsters, which just whether it is or is not bitch and van art. I uh, think it is. No, it's you don't think so? Fuck, it's not bitch. Yeah, I mean, yeah. no. <laughs> well, I I think is, if you make her a, a really gorgeous category. lady with no, I, I picture like the heavy metal animations. Yeah, like like the movie Heavy Metal. Oh, is yeah, it kind of okay. like that? Is yeah. that what? Okay, yeah, okay. No, I kind of no, picture no, her like like right. that chick from the heavy metal. Right yeah. Like with the sword. No, no, I, I see mean, what she and means. And you make there. a real you <laughs> if you make a real booby and you make her pretty with her hair and her like 
sort of yeah. evil vampire looking wings. Like I, I think it could oh be badass. God. Boobish, yeah. It is it would be it would yeah. be the and, it would be the hardest flex of a van art I could possibly imagine. <laughs> maybe like, maybe I am not talking to that I am not entrails. talking to that guy at the convention. <laughs> like, like, I think I think you would shit. you would swap out the entrails for like like a flame kind of motif or something and I think it would be bitchin'. All right, reclaim the mm. bitchin' Mononongal van art, people, and convince us that it is bitchin'. Okay. I like this I, metric, though. Yeah, it's a real simple metric. We, we don't rate anything in any other way. We just have a in or yeah. out. Um, it's, yeah, what not. is and isn't bitchin' van art it's has in, become incredibly interesting because <laughs> it's weird. Like, yeah. I can't really explain it. Whenever it so comes up, you'll see what I mean if you listen to the episodes. Okay. It's like, what's your most memorable? And then suddenly we'll go, huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's the most bitchiness to date? Like, what's the. Like, I mean, probably the Kurgan from Highlander is probably our most bitchin'. Yeah, the Kurgan from Highlander or the subject. Death Knight from Dungeons yeah, and Dragons. Yeah, or the Death cool. Knight. Um, I mean, those are just like top of, you know, 101% obvious, like sword, mm-hmm. mountain, yeah. lightning. Mm-hmm you know things whereas alternatively we've covered yeah. like various fish monsters including just a like a sonically <laughs> imbued a you know octopus from yeah, the movie like Tentacles, an octopus <laughs> or yeah. what, el- what else is really not bitchin that we've covered we've covered a lot of really like not- surprisingly not bitchin is um like the max uh, yeah. oh. was surprisingly How, not bitch and van art because no, it's not it's not but, retro but i mean also, it's retro but it's yeah. like 90s retro but also yeah. the 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 monster of the max wasn't the max himself right the the mon- or was it no it was the is yeah and yeah. the is are not bitching they're yeah. they're terrifying the is are not, not bitch and van art yeah. despite being really awesome yeah I don't know, it's a so re- like that's kind of the dynamic that impresses me is yeah, that some really things you would think would be like bitchin' art is yeah. not bitchin' van art. I think it's it's just like the <laughs> interpret. Okay, so I just like looked up the poster for Heavy Metal 1981, and it's like mm. I just picture her mm. like here's her body, and and the wings look like this dragon guy or whatever. Oh no, you got it. I don't know. You, you, I, it made sense to us I think immediately. It's, it's yeah, you got it. it. Yeah. No, you were you yeah. were not wrong. It's it's lead guitar and swords case. and symmetry <laughs> and lightning bolts. You really, Sick. Yeah, you, okay. you, know, you got it. Tight. You were on the right zone. Shred. All right, so we've got that. Okay. I'm gonna Claire's say, version is in fact Beach and Van Art. I couldn't have called it. Art. If I had to put down a thousand dollars. And after Bitch and if Van Art, if anyone's listening to this and wants to paint my Camry with that <laughs> motif, <laughs> you're welcome to it. <laughs> Um, I'll hit the 101. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So after we do bitch and van art, Gavin, you are going to pull up an image. Shit. I don't know how we're going to look at this. Um, oh, there's a meeting. Ch- I got it. Um, here. Yeah. You figure it out. And while I, I'll explain to Claire what this total, if you thought bitch and van art was confusing, welcome to hashtag uh, Gary Newman, Kenku Artificer. And now the segment on the show we call Gary Newman, Kenku Artificer. So we used we started out at, in the early part of the show. I introduced a segment where we used to look at photos of uh, what's his name? Um, who was the guy that we originally did photos? Nick of? Cave. Yeah, we. Mm. Do, we Nick Cave. I, I introduced a segment based off of nothing called hashtag describing Nick Cave, where we would look at photos okay. of Nick Cave and describe him in confusing ways. Because he's a weird old goblin man, 
And, uh, and yeah. w this has evolved to basically us looking at photos of weird celebrities and causing to us to have to ruminate on how the photos affect us and how these people <laughs> come off. And one of the, I would, I'll, I'll try to simplify it by saying it turns out it's best if we do old, weird white men who look like wizards. Because when we do ladies mm -hmm. or we do people of color, we kind of like pull our mm -hmm. punches because we don't want to like be villains. So sure. it's best Rightfully if you get a, so. It, yeah, it's best if we I, find I a man Rimes that kind purpose. of looks like a Corvid bird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will say that Buster Rhymes was kind of like a edge case where I really did enjoy the topic. But I still didn't want to t call Buster Rhymes anything too. You didn't strange. want to call him a meathead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Buster Rhymes. Is oh, a, when he got all buff. I mean, Buster Rhymes yeah. is a genuinely weird-looking yeah. person, which I don't think in any way has to do with his blackness per se. He's just a weird guy. But like, it just made no. me like I was too cautious in calling him words. That's mm -hmm. what it is. Whereas mm -hmm. when I look but at yeah, Gary he knows Newman, how to wrap into a fisheye lens I, and make everybody feel weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when I look at pictures of Gary Newman, I don't fantastic. feel bad about pointing out that he kind of looks like 72 crows wearing a trench coat. Like, I, like, it seems like, that's fine. That's this totally on the menu of things that I can say. You know like, he's I mean? giving me Here's Chris Jenner like. in this one in the upper right. Mm -hmm. Surrounded Is, by his Are those daughter? his children yeah. and dog? These are his children? little Newmans that he's biologically constructed, yeah. Oh. oh my God! At home with the Newmans. I'm just gonna Google this myself. So he's a girl At dad. Home with the Newmans. Yeah, he's a he's a thrice girl dad. Wow. <laughs> I just all I see all I see is is, uh, what's her name? Um, Chris Jenner. Like sure. he's got the haircut, <laughs> which no. to be fair, so do I right now. But he he's got Chris Jenner. He's got some <laughs> like smoky eye going on, and he's got his like voluptuous I mean, long haired fillies. I mean, on terms of like, yeah. uh, he's cis, a momager. On terms of like cis, cis dudes, Gary Newman like fucking invented the smoky eye. I mean, he's been like he's mm. he's been doing that shit forever. One thing that we will not call Gary Newman is a poser. Like he is he mm. is extremely yeah. Yeah. he is <laughs> he is artificial, <laughs> but he's not faking. If those things can simultaneously mm -mm. be true, yeah, like, absolutely, the, like. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I brought up specifically before to put you in, in into context is that Gary Newman is like out as being uh, an autistic person. So I think it's mm -hmm. one of the reasons that it, it, it for him to be both authentic and something that we might see as constructed or artificial simultaneously happen. Mm -hmm. it, it's not a it's not a falsity. Mm -hmm. Like he is constructing his image in a way that is authentic to him. And although it makes great fodder for us to describe him in hilarious ways, I think it's totally a mm. real thing, whatever in way that we're defining realness in this context. But mm -hmm. man, um, I'm curious how many of his daughters like identify as being neurodivergent uh, because that's a lot of daughters wearing a lot of monochrome. Um, what the fuck is at home with the Newmans? What is is this? A, yeah, what's it's, a, it's like a it's a feature in Telegraph magazine. See, there's way uh -huh. more of this than we. There's so much of this. We can make this like half the show. I think we, Gavin, we're just going to invent a Patreon show that's just like explaining Gary Newman's family. It's Gary Newman, do not have, drop no, a bomb on me. Yes. Have Gary has 
have Gary Newman and Gary Oldman ever collaborated on anything? Because I would. <laughs> For the, yeah. the new man Newman's probably and the old done man. Um, the soundtrack to something that Gary, <laughs> Gary Oldman. Oldman. Sure no, that really no. needs to be a collaboration that happens. No, yeah, happens. it's it's called the Gargoyle <laughs> Boys Run Amok. It's a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern <laughs> style yeah. um, tragic comedy. It's called the f where two two <laughs> living architectural pieces meander around London, commenting <laughs> on tragic deaths. Yeah, the Gargoyles of Fleet Street. I love it. <laughs> the gargoyles of fleet trademark Street. trademark trademark Please, tm fanfic. tm 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 uh, i'm writing to the library of congress right now for you guys <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to the end of our time with you dear reader until next time when we deliver you another batch of beasts bullywugs and bowls of flesh-eating dessert fluff and if you'd be so kind as to tell a friend or support us by throwing Oops All Monsters a five-star review on iTunes, that really does help, or whatever format that you happen to watch us on. Um, you can also indulge in watching Gavin Longshanks on his Twitch channel by simply typing Gavin Longshanks into it. Uh, there's also a YouTube channel associated with that. Uh, share an episode uh, on your favorite social media, if you would, and hit up our Instagram for the images that go along with each episode. And then comment on that Instagram. Engage that Instagram. Email us suggestions for monsters that we should cover. Send us role-playing game stories. Send us anything at all. The email address is oopsallmonsters at gmail.com. Oopsallmonsters at gmail.com. And if you want to toss a coin into the potion fund, uh, hit us up with a one-shot contribution at paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters. Or if you're feeling really froggy, sign up at patreon.com slash oopsallmonsters. Lastly, I have to thank my wonderful friend Katie for our incredible theme song. Her work as part of the duo The Darling Kathleen's can be found on YouTube at The Darling Kathleen's. And with that, I have been Hess. And I have been Gavin. And I remain Claire. Uh, Claire, how do you want... <laughs> Claire, um, you have described yourself on the closing of this as um, a writer and retired rapper. Can you give us the at for your Instagram and Twitter so people can find you if they're interested in what you are doing and want to keep the conversation going about this? Sure thing. You can find the Bon Mots on Twitter. It's Claire Luisa, the Spanish spelling, biz. So it's C-L-A-I-R-E-L-U-I-S-A-B-I-Z. That's the Twitter. The Bon Mots and the Thought Shots are on Instagram. Same handle awesome. if you awesome. want to see my butt sometimes. <laughs> awesome. I knew you would do a better job at reciting all of that than I would. So oh, thank you. you Please check Claire out. She is an uh, amazing and hilarious person. And I am very much enjoying your updates of you um, uh, beating things up with uh, Filipino-style sticks, which is... What Thank is the, you. What is, the, <laughs> what is the name of that art? There's an art that... Sure. So just like everything else colonized there, it comes by many different names. So Kali is much like the, the, the Indian goddess or the Hindu goddess Kali. It does have the same <laughs> root. So it shares oh. the same root. So that's one of the names. The other name is Arnis, which is from the Spanish word for arms i think as in weapons and okay. then escrima yeah. is the indigenous filipino word so Amazing. 
I just call it Filipino martial arts because it's all three of those things. And wow, okay. in that show cool. I was talking about, there's like really accurate depictions of it. So Awesome. Cool. Well, it looks very fun. Yeah. Trying, I'm trying I, to be a warrior princess. Well, we'll incorporate a conversation about <laughs> awesome. that. If we ever come back and watch the uh, Mononongle in Apartment yeah. 23B or whatever. Okay. All right. We're <laughs> out of here. Thank you, Claire, so much. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Okay, I am. Thank you. This has been great. All right, everybody, hold on for a minute. I'm hitting the stop button.